Hey, welcome to the One Life Podcast, where we talk about things from One Life Church, but really ultimately things we think can relate to you and your one and only life. My name is Sarah Inman. I'm one of your co-hosts. And today we're going to have a really fun conversation, I think. Uh, we have our lead pastor and co-host of the podcast, Brett Nicholson. What's up, Brett? Hey, Sarah. How you doing? You know, since it is about Easter, uh, we did ask each other what our favorite Easter candy is, which is very, very important. And but we, I never heard yours. That's true. Oh, you didn't? It was uh, in the intro of the service. The so, I think I, my yeah. mind was wandering. And I, <laughs> I didn't really pay attention. Starburst jelly beans. Starburst jelly beans. Okay. Almost good yep. as pick as mine. Good deal. What was yours? Greasy oh. peanut butter cup, of course. That's I right. That's right. There I remember is you another about that. Easter candy. Apparently, there is well. a Starburst, Starburst jelly beans. I do like those a lot. Yeah. I can't stop eating them. That's usually the problem. Oh, okay. <laughs> get a whole bag. Um, I want to introduce the rest of, the, of our guests here on the podcast and well, love to know your favorite Easter candy. We have uh, Michael Karen on. Michael's been on a few times. He's part of uh, the staff here at One Life and then also uh, part of the um, worship team and, and our producer here at One Life to kind of make what we do happen. So what's up, Michael? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah. What's your favorite Easter candy? Um, I have to agree with, actually, it's a, a, ironically, and I'm not just saying this just to pander both of you, but I... Love Starburst jelly beans and I love Reese's. Those are by far my two favorite. And so, you are pandering. There's something different about the eggs. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I, we actually, instead of doing chocolate for our s'mores, we do Reese's for our s'mores and it's the best. Ooh, um, wow, that is a great yeah, idea. I've yeah. never done that. It's more expensive. Right. I'm going to try that now. I don't know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then we have uh, lead pastor of Crossroads Christian Church, Phil Heller, joining us today. Hey, Phil. Hi, guys. Thanks for letting me come back. Yeah, that's right. Phil's, uh, Phil's second time on the podcast. And um, we again, we're recording this uh, remotely. So we're all in, in different places and recording online. So um, it may sound a little bit different, but we're excited to be able to have conversation and, and talk about what, you know, was you know, we call it a weird Easter, but really has was a great Easter. And so we want to have some conversation about that. But first, Phil, what's your favorite Easter candy? I thought you were going to, weren't going to ask me, you know. Oh, no, I'm ready. I, I haven't found too many Easter candies I don't like, but I'm pretty <laughs> fond of Robin eggs. In fact, as the Easter bunny at the Heller house, I usually give the kids Robin eggs because none of them like it. So that means <laughs> I get to have my fill of them. But the Easter bunny brought me a surprise this year. Uh, I like peeps, but this uh, set of peeps had chocolate on the bottom. So I, ha- I mean, that's highly moving up my list quickly as one of my favorite Easter candies. There, there's chocolate dipped peeps. That's yes. A- so this I was a peeps, and a chocolate layer on the bottom. And wow, maybe that redeems them. I always made fun of peeps and well, people that liked them. So I'm sorry about that. And <laughs> that and Robin eggs too, for that matter. <laughs> well, I'll, yeah, no I don't like black licorice, so I'm not that odd, but those oh, other okay. two aren't as okay, odd as yeah. you might think. Yeah, got a niche market there. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we, we want to highlight some of the things that happened in our communities here with, um, we ended up being able to be a part of um, each of us here of a, a community-wide drive-in service. But um, really what I'd love to just start out with, Brett, if you want to just kind of highlight some of the unique things that made this Easter just a little bit different. Well, uh, you know, obviously the whole world together is going through the whole um, COVID-19 thing. And so, and the main characteristic for those of us inside the church, and I think everybody experiences this as well in their own uh, fields of endeavor or whatever, is just the constant changing. 
the, the rules change nearly all the time. And, and for us, uh, that meant, you know, at, at first when this was all going on, they were talking about, um, yeah, being quarantined, but no one really thought of it as an Easter thing. Uh, we figured we'd be out of this by now. And then I remember the president saying uh, his goal was to be out by Easter. So he kind of flew that out there. And there was a lot of skepticism around that. But uh, and then, OK, we are going to have to experience this online for sure. And we just embraced that and accepted that. And how to make that special and how to make because we knew everybody was going to be experiencing Easter differently than they ever have all the way. You know, it's traditional to dress kids up real nice and take pictures by uh, as families. And, and we knew all that wasn't going to be there. So how do you make it special and at the same time honor what we were being asked to do by the government? So, yeah, that made it very unique. Absolutely. And then, you know, I, we, we talked a little bit about, uh, I'd love to talk more a little bit about kind of our, our journey at One Life, but I'd love to, first off, you know, Phil, I'd love to know for you guys at, at Crossroads, what was, I'm sure you had some sort of plan, um, what you thought Easter was going to look like. How did that change and when did it change? Yeah, great question. So it changed drastically because, you know, several months ago as we were putting together the initial plan and as our creative team kind of prepared, uh, obviously we were thinking in person, we were thinking of you know, moments that would uh, be shared, you know, in person in our, you know, worship spaces and what that looked like. And so uh, I would say up until, you know, the COVID-19, you know, impacted, we were kind of making plans and still working on that. And then like, came to a a screeching halt, it felt like. And, um, you know, then in a shorter matter, matter of time, it seemed like there were multiple, like, unifying expressions that started to sprout up and, we thought like, wow, maybe this is unique or for such a time as this, or maybe this is an answer to a prayer of, you know, multiple generations or decades here in this city. And certainly an answer to Jesus prayer for the church to be one. And that felt like unique and also like very providential at the same, same point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And Michael, you know, if you can talk a little bit about from perspective of One Life, and even when we were thinking about what our service was production was going to look like, we had kind of gotten okay with like, all right, it's going to be online. We have some ideas to try to make it feel a little special. Um, and and for One Life, we we do have three locations, and so um, two of them are in Indiana. One is in Kentucky, and an add a layer of of complexity. I guess is I don't know if that's the right word, but um, probably the honest word of uh, is when you're communicating something happening in in one state, and another state has different rules going on during this pandemic. Um, it does add some things, and so Kentucky, uh, the governor of Kentucky has recommended that people don't leave the state, and so um, if you were doing something outside of of Kentucky. Um, it just it added a little bit layer of complexity, but we had some ideas what we wanted to do. So, Michael, you can kind of go through the process of what that was and then how it changed. Yeah, I think for uh, any of us, I think for just anybody um, alive right now, the name of the game is agility. Um, and I think that's one thing that we have grown in and just sort of had to grow in um, has just being more agile and and patient and um, with all of that stuff. But yeah, uh, very similar um, to what uh, the two gentlemen before me were just saying was we, we had some plans, we had some ideas, not all of them had been fully fleshed out. And um, what, so there were some ideas for Easter, not a whole lot of them, um, but then COVID came along and then we started to make other plans. And we had actually, uh, I'd been coordinating and talking with Bree and Jeremy at Crossroads and we were going to work together uh, with Crossroads. Um, 
on a couple of things from, from a worship perspective and to have some unified unifying things there and pulling other churches in and what would that look like and all of that stuff. And it was really cool. Um, this, uh, the, there was a larger community discussion that was going on at the same time and, and ended up being what uh, One Life and Crossroads and so many others threw into. Um, but, uh, and it, so it's, it just ended up being incredible. Uh, really, really cool moment for the church, I think, especially um, during this time. Uh, but yeah, so it, it has been, it's been interesting because we, uh, as, from a worship and production perspective, not just worship, but production on the technical side, uh, we uh, are very volunteer heavy, uh, but in worship and production, we have about 100, 150 volunteers across all three of our campuses. And so that's how we do what we do. And uh, so we wanted to make sure and have, it's been really important to us to represent all three of our campuses, the diversity that comes from all three of our campuses and um, the different expressions across our community. And and so we've wanted to honor that, at, but at the same time, um, being mindful of social distancing, the difference uh, in, in governance that comes from one state to the next. And um, so it's, I've had to get really comfortable with um, holding on to plans for now, <laughs> uh, <laughs> digging my, my sticks in the ground for a little bit, but then, um, but then just being ready to, uh, to, to pack up a move whenever we need to. Uh, so, yeah. Well, Phil, what struck me, I was in an early conversation where it first came up to do a unified service. And I have to admit uh, Phil was more of an early adopter than I was, um, and I, I pride myself in being kind of an early adopter, but uh, he jumped right on, and, and Crossroads is, first of all, the largest church in our community, but they uh, obviously had plans going into the online thing. Why were you able to do that? Uh, I mean, I know you had to run it through your teams and all that, but the conversation I was in on, in on when it first came out was, let's do this, and you're like, yes. You know, I think... I don't want it to sound better than it actually is, but there, there is a deep-seated conviction and concern in my heart for the unity of God's church, and, and I'm not alone in that. Um, and I guess what maybe struck me uniquely about this is that, um, you know, Easter is a great moment that we all share in common. I mean, it's central to all of our faith. And um, I guess the, the climate of the church in Evansville is so rich for that right now. I mean, Having, you know, Brett, you and I attend a, a prayer gathering consistently that, I mean, that's the major consistent prayer that, that God has laid out in each of our hearts for there to be unity among his church here and that we need each other. And so, you know, it's just like, like, uh, it just kind of hit me like, this is what we've been praying for. Why not? You know, and uh, it wasn't necessarily, I wish I could say it was just some great vision or, or uh, you know, even a, a large amount of faith. It was a little bit like kind of a, duh moment for me like like okay silly don't miss this This is what you've been praying for and and asking me for god says and here it is right in front of you so you know we had uh had some conversation even about a joint good friday service in fact there were plans uh that that we were part of to to do that uh, a downtown uh moment where people on their lunch hour could be part of of good friday we had thrown that idea out a couple different places and really hadn't stuck too much and then it kind of got some traction and then lo and behold, that one didn't get to uh, move forward and, and Easter Sunday did, you know, which is really, you know, it, the scripture says that God can do more than we think, dream or imagine. So that's how little my faith is compared to what, how big God's plans were for what happened on Easter Sunday. Yeah. I, I had forgotten that. I'm glad you mentioned that because the, um, 
there was plans for a Good Friday service. People would know that because, in, and it was during going into Easter with the whole COVID considerations. We had long conversations about how can we handle this and still be honoring to the health issues and all the rest. And uh, that kept changing so much, we finally just had to let it go. But there, it was a, a multi-church effort that was going to go on downtown. So those things, one of the things that I'm very encouraged by going into this Easter is a lot of groundwork was laid long before Easter ever came along and long before COVID ever came along uh, for church unity expressions. And so, and and Phil, by the way, has been key to that, uh, just arriving in town and it's been a personality that's jumped in the middle of it. So it came from that heart uh, for unity. Uh, Michael, I'd, I'd like you to tell us about uh, what happened on the One Life side, because we had to go both ways because of Henderson, we had to do online and the the community service, but you were planning this big thing that you were going to do in an artful, uh, this artful experience over in a barn. And then what happened? Yeah. So it's the, the, from the beginning, uh, since we knew, uh, and I think you guys might've talked about this before on the podcast, that what is really, um, fascinating about the, the timing of this whole COVID thing is we had been, uh, have been planning, um, for Memorial day weekend, um, to be a, a, a an all church online thing, and we were going to have another one in the fall, and, and so we had been preparing for that, and we'd had tentatively set up in our heads just this idea of just really playing toward a living room, and really making sure that we were considering our audience that weren't necessarily going to be a church crowd uh, that would may not necessarily set foot in a church on any given Sunday or really even care to, and um, so we had been. Um, planning and working towards some of that. And as a part of those plans, we really just wanted to, uh, we, we uh, you know, artful creativity is, is a value for One Life. It's ex- extremely important to us. Personally, it's really important to me. And I think it's a beautiful way to communicate and articulate our faith. And so uh, we had some ideas of, there were, uh, we have a family, uh, some friends that uh, live on some beautiful property in Henderson out in the country. And and we went out went out there, scouted out there, planned some, a couple of things out and uh, built the team, some volunteers and uh, at less than 10. Uh, so I was really proud about that. Um, and it was going to be in an open space and, and literally, um, I guess it was less than 24 hours. Uh, we were actually the, the team that was going to be practicing for that or that was going to be doing that was, was going on their way to practice for it. And I had to call them last minute and we had to change plans last minute <laughs> and with, it was a little less than 24 hours. Um, and so, uh, of course they were gracious and we had to, you know, shift and adjust and make plans. But uh, what, what I, th- I think for me, and I know for, if I can just speak for one life, I think one of the most important things that we want to do in it just, there's the online service, but then in the worship experience, um, is not just create an experience, not just create a moment, but create connection, create opportunity for people to connect um, with who it is that we're talking to and talking about. And that's ext- I think it's extremely important, especially on a day like Easter, is to make that connection. Uh, so uh, no matter how that expresses itself, if it's out in a country or if it's, you know, uh, in the in front of our industrial building, um, or if that's in uh, someone's, a worship leader's basement, you know, and they're just there with their guitar, as long as that happens, um, I think it's a win. As long as people have an opportunity to connect, have a genuine connection, and they get to see a different side of the character of Jesus, um, I think that's a huge win. So, yeah, absolutely. And 
you know, even like, I love that, you know, everyone kind of had ideas and plans and everything shifted and then things have shifted again. And then, you know, probably one more time even after that. Um, and, and so Phil, for you, I'd love to know, you know, as, as the community wide service came about, which was amazing. And I want to share some wins and stories from that, um, you know, soon, but I'd love to just even hear what kind of challenges did that bring for you guys with communication and planning and, was you switched over from like you had this plan and then at some point you had to make the decision to say, we're doing this all in, we're going all in on this community service, a drive-in service, which um, was very successful. Um, what what kind of challenges did that bring for your team? Yeah, from a thematic standpoint, I mean, this whole year, 2020, we've been walking through the Gospel of John. So uh, when we set that plan out, you know, back uh, early fall, you know, we thought, okay, this is going to, let's look at some specific timing. One of those was Easter. What where will we be uh, going through the Gospel of John at Easter time? And we were John chapter five is a great passage where Jesus says that He gives life. He brings life uh, to those uh, just like the Father gives life, He gives life. And so that was kind of the the real thrust of the Easter service. So from a thematic standpoint, you know, I guess a small bit of tension was just like, should we continue through John, or or should we you know push pause and jump into this community uh, celebration? And we just felt like. This was the right right thing to do, and you know I really appreciate the the really s- sense of collaboration that was there. I mean, going back to Prince Samuel's, the lead pastor at Bethel, who reached out to several of us saying, "Hey guys, what we've been doing this drive-in service, and we've kind of worked out some of the logistics." And they had obviously done a lot of work with um, the CDC guidelines and recommendations, and getting involvement and input from the local health and government officials. And you know, Prince's response was just like this feels like something that God's doing and we've, we don't want to just keep it to ourselves. We, we want to offer it to the church at large. And so, you know, that really caught our attention saying, okay, then that let's really think heavy and, and hard about this. And just, I really appreciate the spirit of the teammates that I kind of brought that idea back to. I mean, all of them had very deliberate plans for what Easter would look like. And, the, you know, just, I, I, I kind of described it today to our team. Just, I felt like one, a one accord moment, like, you know, like we all just were willing to drop whatever we had done up to this point and say, this is worth, this is worth it. And, and the thing that made it worth it is just the unity of, of God's church and uh, just wanting to be part of that and saying that that's worth sacrificing any work and effort and, and the ideas that we had already been pursuing. And, you know, I'd already looked at, you know, drafts of certain communications of certain video pieces that had already been developed and kind of like, wow, we're setting those on the shelf, but really felt just a strong compulsion that this, this is where we need to be. And, you know, now it's hindsight looking back and I would say even what we imagined it being is it was so much more than that, you know? And so uh, just really, really just praise, praising God this today for, for how he moved. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, Oh, go ahead, Michael. No, I was just going to ask Phil, um, what makes what made it so significant for Crossroads um, mm. for your community? Because I know you guys had your plans and and things that you you had mentioned. You know, you're wanting to go through. Uh, you had some stuff that you're as a church, some things that you you guys are going through. But the season that your church is in right now, and even taking you know the last few years, last few months into consideration, why was this so significant for Crossroads? Yeah, you know, I think historically the church of Evansville has had its own dysfunction, right? And so in some ways feels like that that's been more of our history than unity. Uh, just say that collectively and you know, we we've had our own share of that. And so 
maybe that's why it was so meaningful to say like, you know, here's a moment where there could be healing, reconciliation, um, there could be movement toward unity. And, um, you know, that just uh, caught our attention. And, and um, you know, that that's what was so palpable, I think, on Sunday morning is just like, there were all these cars, you know, still people, are, you know, we have tinted windows on our vehicle. So I don't even know if anybody could tell that it was <laughs> us, you know, I mean, it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't like we could see every person. And uh, I talked to a volunteer who helped with parking this morning and you know, she said, I waved at cars where I recognized faces and I waved at other cars. I had no idea who was inside, you know, and, and didn't recognize the faces. And yet I think everybody that was there felt something that the spirit was doing. And it was really that, that Jesus was being lifted up, uh, that that was what was uniting all of us and that everybody's spirit was directed toward that. And, you know, I think that was what we were hoping for and also what was really experienced and you know, I think that's what made it really significant for us from that standpoint. Yeah, we had a similar kind of experience uh, in, uh, we've been very open publicly about, we were born out of Bethel. I worked there for many years and um, and people have asked, was a split or a plant? I've always said it was a splant. And uh, because it was originally conceived as very much, everybody was on board with planting a whole new thing. But in the course of that, uh, feelings got hurt and relationships got uh, uh, encountered some turbulence and things. And for us, it was being invited into it from Bethel and, and being a part of that together was a, a lot of people may not have known that were outside of all that. Uh, it was a big healing moment for everybody. Uh, not that things were bad before that. They had kind of been had been reconciled, but we had never done anything active together. And uh, since all those things. And so that was, uh, that was very, very special kind of going on behind the scenes. And, uh, it was a wonderful thing to see. So. I love, I love that. And I, you know, I was thinking about that, you know, as Phil, you were talking about people sitting in cars, um, because it was at, um, if anyone doesn't know about the service, I, I guess I should have given a little context for it, but there was a community wide service with multiple churches, um, in the Evansville community. And I know that was beyond just Evansville and, uh, some churches came together and planned a drive-in service at um, a local mall here in Evansville, Eastland Mall, and filled it up uh, and beyond, I believe. And so uh, it was really cool. But one of the things I was thinking, you know, everyone sitting there, they weren't worried about which church do you go to. They were all just thinking, hey, we just get to be here together. And I think there's even that time, like, like even through COVID-19, through coronavirus things, everyone's kind of on the same level in a lot of ways. And so it's really nice to be able to just respond together and not worry about, you know, hey, which church do you go to as a, as a well, I go here, I go there. It's, hey, we're at the church together. Um, we're at church together. And so I think there's something really beautiful there. And, and from a communication standpoint, which is my role, um, I loved that there wasn't a whole lot that I had to do except just talk about it. Um, I We had graphics created from uh, Bethel, I believe, created those. And then um, I, I went on the website that Crossroads used and created like a, they had your communications folks had created a like an FAQ page. And I'm like, I'm just going to use that because that's really good. And so I was like, there was a lot of collaboration across churches to be able to even just use um, the similar content, which is really helpful. Yeah, I think one of the, the unique mercies in this whole thing has been, and you alluded to it just a second ago, Sarah, has been like this leveling of the playing field <laughs> and um, it, it, all of us just being exposed to, you know, uh, we're all vulnerable to the same thing. We all have the same, you know, health vulnerable. And Brett mentioned this a couple weeks ago in, his, his, in one of his messages that we're all 
have health, health vulnerabilities, financial vulnerabilities. And so I think it's kind of exposed in a really unique way um, how we are all so really similar in our needs and our wants and our desires and, and all of that. But I think the, the community service was also a really cool opportunity for um, each expression of the church to, um, uh, to be the unique expression that they are in our community. Uh, you got to see that with Bethel. You got to see that with Chet Todd. You got to see that with... Uh, crossroads and the little bit that One Life was able to do. And I know there were other churches that contributed to it, but you got to see um, the, the the body really being the body. And, um, and, and I know it can be a cliche expression, but it is scriptural. Uh, but the, uh, but the whole thing of like, you know, like the, don't forsake um, uh, or, or don't resent um, one part of the body for the things that it can be doing. And, and I think it was really cool to watch that on display and just to let the church be the church and let the giftings that God has given them just be the giftings. Um, and so that was really cool to watch. Phil, uh, when you you got to you were on the platform at the mall and, and uh, got to experience it from that vantage point, was there a moment? Was there a just a, a thing that hit you at one point that was particularly special? Hmm. You know, uh, early on we were just uh, testing some mics, and you know it was about maybe ten o'clock, and we kind of looked you know, both directions. You look north, you look south, and you know there were cars just filing in and pouring in and that was maybe the last glimpse I saw of the parking lot before getting up and kind of leading <laughs> to the communion moment and uh you know just to to see the just the sea of cars was pretty impressive uh you know just personally uh right before I went up to lead to communion the worship band was uh singing Waymaker you know uh you are here moving in our midst to some of the phrases of that that chorus or that the verses of that song you know you're here healing every heart and uh, yeah, I, honestly, I kind of forgot where I was at for a while. Just had this worshipful moment, just singing my heart out, and that that honestly was a really moving moment for me personally. Just to sing those words, to be thinking about what I was saying, and to be experiencing that—that um, that was really rich, you know. Um, yeah. I'd also say, I mean, something that everybody has spoken about is just the uh, people honking their horns, you know. Chet Todd is kind of our, our uh, you know, humorist in resident among us pastors. And, you know, his, uh, his humor is, you know, is an acquired taste, he would say. And so we were having a <laughs> prayer time that was really uh, special before uh, the, the service actually started. And Chet said, hey, what do you think about this? I'm thinking about saying like, hey, if you love Jesus, honk your horn, you know, and we kind of laughed about that. And I said, go for it. I think that's great. And so actually Bob Seymour was the one who kind of first floated that out there at the pre-service moment. He made a statement and said something, hey, why don't you honk your horn for uh, the, the those who are in our medical profession who are you know, making a difference in first responders and people laid on their horns. And then from that point forward, I mean, there was multiple moments throughout the pre-service and during the service where people laid on their horns. And, you know, every every person has mentioned that, just how that how cool that was. And uh I'm just afraid somebody's going to sneak an air horn in if we get back to, you know, in-service uh, or in-person services. I'm going to, you know, something's going to happen in the service. Somebody's going to lay a air horn, lay their hand on an air horn. I'm That's gonna, right. It's, you know, it's the new standard change. Showing enthusiasm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that just adds to the unique thing about it. that's That's the thing that's so powerful about this Easter that uh, with all of this going on, it really did create, which in effect is an historic moment. I mean, I think mm. all of us, it's a once-in-a-generation time that I hope we won't have to experience again on one hand, but on the other hand is, mm -hmm. 
uh, something that I'm so thankful that God put that in Prince's heart to to open it up to the city, so it wasn't just one church experience. It was a it was a massive uh, kind of inside this moment together thing that we won't uh, repeat, but we'll always remember. Yeah, you think about those moments that the church has been defined by, you know, and if you look th- think back to New Testament history, certainly the persecution that was happening at the hands of Rome, and uh, you think about what kind of ended there, uh, you know, the church being centralized in Jerusalem and then being scattered, and as people scattered, you know, the gospel was taken to Judea, Samaria, to the, you know, ends of the earth. That's just as, you know, Jesus prophesied what happened in Acts 1.8. And you think about how that uh, distributed the church, you know, to reach more people. And uh, you think about, you know, just some of those other moments in history. And I, I feel like this is one where it, it uh, COVID-19 is helping really redefine or clarify the who the church is. You know, it's, it's not a building. I love people who've posted, you know, the church hasn't closed because the church isn't a building. It's, it's the people who make up the church and it's God's purpose and mission moving forward. And so... I think I look through that lens and think about how has uh, COVID-19 helped redefine the church and maybe, you know, recapture the heart of the church. And certainly Sunday played a role in that where we recognize, you know, the language that a lot of us have used in the past is like, the, you know, the the church sign out in front is a, is a lower C church. And, uh, you know, the church, you know, collectively is a capital C church. And that's certainly what I felt uh, Sunday morning. And, and hopefully that continues, that the COVID-19 is just, uh, you know, has brought us together for these moments, but it's it's not the end. It's really the beginning of uh, what what this could look like in the future, too. Yeah, absolutely. And as we kind of wrap up our conversation here, I'd love to just kind of celebrate anything that I know we've a lot of what we've said is kind of in celebration in general, but there are there any stories of any, anyone that you know or anything that you heard that just really stick out either from your own experience or um, from someone you know who was at either at the, um, at the service, the, the drive-in service or even a one-life service, anything that you just, with connection, you know, how is this helping the community really change and, and connect differently? Anything that pops up? Brett. Oh, okay. She called on me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the community-wide thing, as far as uh, people being impacted, I think it was uh, for me. It was, uh, it was the history that of of Phil said a while ago was the dysfunction that has been in the air, and all of us know it if you've been around the church very much. And that being turned on its head, and in a very significant way. Whenever everybody talks about unity, I. I try to throw in the conversation, okay, what does meaningful unity look like? And and that was meaningful unity because it wasn't something, we weren't trying to create a program on one hand, on one hand we were, but on the other hand, it was something where it demanded humility from everybody and I think it got it. And I saw that from the inside. And so I think there was just a softening and a, and a, and a, a healing of some of the dysfunction. So for me, that was the big standout. Mm. For me, we had, else, oh yeah, we had a uh, staff chapel this morning, and one of those things we were just celebrating what we saw God do through Easter, and uh, we gave people a chance to kind of share some stories, mostly through chat on uh, on our Zoom call. But then after, afterwards, just it kind of was an open mic as people were saying goodbye, and somebody did share a story that they were you know just trying to get out of the house a little bit and decided to take a walk in the wooded area behind their house, and 
a little bit startled by this. They met another person in the woods who was actually doing the same thing. They were about the same <laughs> age and they kind of, I think, spooked each other. It was getting dusk. It was around dusk. And so uh, they just struck up a conversation. They realized they were neighbors and just had a, you know, a little more uh, personal conversation about what was going on in their life, especially with COVID-19 related things. And so the one lady just made an invitation said, hey, I don't know if you have a place to worship, but uh, Sunday at the Eastland Mall, there's going to be a worship service at 11 a.m. And, uh, you know, you're more than welcome to come, you know, kind of explain what was going to happen. And that lady who made the invitation was actually part of the parking team. And as they were kind of waving people out of the parking lot, just giving people, you know, a wave and, and uh, saying happy Easter, that person she invited pulled up and they saw each other like, oh, my goodness, you know, and they had never met each other prior to that moment in the woods. And here they were seeing each other just a day later uh, in in the parking lot. So, you know, just I, I just think that's kind of a cool story. That was that's awesome. really what what was a, a great you know, moment for her and for hopefully the person that was invited to. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I love that. I don't know if I have anything that stands out in particular, um, but I think maybe it's just sort of a collection of, you know, multiple things that have just, and I, everybody sort of alluded to it, but the, the stuff that's already been going on, the work that's been going on behind the scenes and um, it, for years, um, even and I, I think this was just a, a, a milestone, uh, a pretty significant milestone, you know, f- for the, the Church of Evansville to to be able to look beyond, um, uh, you know, whether it's differences or things from the past or whatever that whatever that looks like, and to really to be able to focus on um, the, the the bigger picture and you know why we're here uh, because it's really, really easy, um, to, to, to just put our nose to the grindstone and, 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 and get work done. But, um, I, I think for me, just the, the bigger win is just, you know, everything that happened, the fact that, um, that we have just been forced to, um, to, to take some time and, um, and to focus on the things that really matter, not just in our individual homes, but, uh, like you were saying earlier, Phil, with the, the, the bigger C church, uh, the capital C church the, to be able to focus on those things. And, and, um, and so I guess what I'm excited for is not, not that I want to, th- I, I think that this is the beginning. I think the beginning was long ago. I think this is a pretty significant moment in that history that was already set in mo- motion. And so I'm excited to see, what's going to happen next and the momentum that we've seen. So that's what I'm excited for. That's great. I, I, um, I have one that is, feels a little more personal, but really is connected to the thinking about how this gives us a new ability to connect people. Uh, a friend posted on Instagram this week and she just took a picture of the online service and just said today marks a year from the day that I started uh, becoming more intentional in my relationship with God than I had in a long time. And then she not only said that, and you know, the, the church has had, um, has been played a part in that, but then she used it as an invite. Hey, if you're looking for a service to tune into, you know, here's, here's an opportunity where you can find it. And so not only was she, um, feeling comfortable to say that she attended, but then she was also using it as an invitation. And I think that even having the online platforms, um, or even the, uh, the drive-in platforms, I think it's creating 
a new invitation in a sense and giving people kind of taking down a barrier of even just walking in a building sometimes that can feel overwhelming um, and people are feeling confident to just explore. And, and I love that. I absolutely love that. I love that there's opportunities for that and still opportunities for people who are very connected to still stay connected. So that was one for me. Um, yeah. So I, I, anything, I guess, that as we kind of close out, because we, we've been chatting here about hearing some really great things from the community service and, and unity. I love that. Um, I don't know anything just from this season for any of you and, and just take a couple of you to that God's just teaching you, um, whether it's been, um, you know, for me, it's about lack of control. Like I like to be in control of things and not being able to control them is, is a good learning for me. So anything that's popping up for anybody. Well, I know for me, I, I, keeping the main thing, the main thing is, uh, the main things, the main things is, is vital, especially when things get very unstable. You, you want to know where your true North is. You want to, you want to be able to lock down to certain core ideas that are really matter and important. I've enjoyed, uh, this has been a rough season, obviously, but one of the things I've enjoyed is the kind of conversations I haven't had. Uh, there's, uh, there's some, some subject matter just isn't important anymore. It doesn't come up. And, uh, yeah. and it seems like a lot of the conversations have just been a lot more about the truly important things. And that's what Easter demonstrated. I mean, every, every church was able to get together easily because we all know, okay, when it all comes down, this resurrection thing is a very important deal and church unity is a very important deal, easy to sign up for. Um, and all of our little things that keep us apart uh, just aren't important right now. And that's been very, very helpful. But you want to be grounded in those important things when things get unstable. I'm learning that more and more all the time. Yeah. I think something for me, where we're trying to really um, discern right now as a team is like, okay, how can the church be more of a catalyst than a source? I guess what I mean by that is, you know, it's really, especially with online services that, uh, you know, you can kind of be passive. You can kind of just watch it. Like you're kind of watching the nightly news or, you know, just something, some program and, you know, it's like it feels distant, it's far away and feels impersonal as much as you try. And so, you know, it can really breed even just more of that consumer mindset. Like, you know, I, it, nothing wrong with it, but you could easily sit down and consume 10 different services, you know, because of the access that you have at this point. But something we're trying to really um, move forward is is a level of engagement that doesn't just continue to feed this consumer mindset of Christianity, especially in the Western world, but really try to force uh, people to take more ownership for their faith during this season. And because we can't physically come to one location and the programming is much different, you know, of what people are used to or maybe what they expect, it is an opportunity for all of us to take more ownership for our own personal spiritual growth and to you know, like Brett said, really identify what's important, maybe develop some rhythms and some habits that, uh, you know, some spiritual practices that allow us to be centered uh, and strong, especially as we come out of this. And so maybe to not go back to some of the bad habits or maybe some of the, you know, casualness about our faith or the even just the, you know, kind of entitlement that we kind of feel about uh, you know, faith, but instead really take ownership and really engage uh, and to for for our church to be a catalyst for that as opposed to just kind of like a buffet. Hmm. That's great. I mean, uh, a lot of 
good opportunities for us to learn from that. And as you guys learn from it, I hope we get to learn with you and some of those things too. And I do a highlight of, as we've talked about the online service or the drive-in service that there was a, I know on Crossroads website, it's a cccgo.com. You can uh, rewatch the service again if you weren't able to check it out, if you just want to see some things again or see some cool things. And I also want to highlight that quite a few people on the stage have been on the One Life podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a correlation or not, but I noticed that. Right here. Cutting edge, leading the That's way. That's right. <laughs> um, I loved one of my favorite things is is before and even towards the end of service of that, that there were some medical professionals talking about just things that to help people process some stuff. I love that um, we weren't trying to hide from that at all, that it was still part of the conversation as well. And so we want to celebrate, highlight anyone in, in who's been being able to um, support people who are in the medical field or if you are in the medical field, thank you for all that you're doing right now. We thank you guys so much. So. Um, Phil, thank you so much for joining us. Coming back and hang out with us on the podcast. It's always great to have you. Thanks, friends. It's good to be with you again. Yeah, Michael, always good to hang out. I know we get to hang out, but we get to have conversation like this. I was enjoying. Yeah, this is great. Thank you, Brett. You're okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Especially today, right? <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> no, it's been good. Uh, I love this kind of conversation and being able to talk about unity and being able to just have conversations about um, even some of the. I think it's okay and, and good for us to talk about how there is complexity to some of it and behind the scenes, because I think some people just see the, the end result sometimes and don't know how it happened. And not that that means anything different, but just know that um, people are really care and we want to make sure that we are connecting with people and, and honestly um, uh, sharing Jesus in the best way that we can. So um, thank you guys for all that you're doing. And uh, we appreciate you guys listening and sharing and just continuing the conversation. If you have any questions about anything that you heard today, you can email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org. And we'd love to connect you uh, with Phil or anyone at Crossroads or anyone here at One Life. We'd love to help and answer those questions. So thank you guys so much for joining us and we'll see you next time.